And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special edition of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Wynn. The Raiders have their new coach and their new GM hiring Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, both former Patriots. We know you have lots of thoughts, and uh, we're here to break down these two hires. And you know, we'll start with Josh McDaniels because he's a name that it's a hot button name, right? It's a name that as soon as the reports started coming out that it looked like it was going to be him, and then it looked like it wasn't, and then it circled back to him. You know, people have feelings about him. He had a bad first tenure with the Broncos. He had the walking away from the altar with the Colts a few years ago. But I mean, he's got a great history as an offensive coordinator with the Patriots, and I know people have tried to figure out how, how much of that do you separate from him and, and Tom Brady, but uh, the work this year with Mac Jones has been impressive. And we'll see what happens. But uh, but Josh McDaniels getting his second chance, getting his second head coaching job, and he's going to take over the Raiders. Yeah, I thought it came off well. I thought, um, you know, you talked about a little bit about the Broncos um, stint and how he's kind of learned from that and kind of was learned the importance of dealing with people. I think he definitely – you heard he had been humbled a little bit by that and it came across as so. I think I also pointed out pretty quickly that Ziegler will, will be in charge of personnel moves, have the final say on personnel moves. So that shows you that wasn't that important to Josh this time around. So I think they, they work together well. Obviously, they've been friends for a long time. So they'll just focus on the coaching. And I think, you know, it's, schematically in terms of uh, his work with the quarterbacks, like you mentioned, it's been really good. So I think um, I, I was impressed by, by both guys today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the two things that really uh, hurt guys from that Bill Belichick tree, I think number one is, you know, Belichick is one of the great adapters in coaching. Like he's able to completely change his system from year to year depending on, on his talent. And that's something that most of his protégés can't do. You know, they learn one system and they can't adjust like he can. But I think Josh McDaniels has shown the ability to adapt during his time in New England, adapting to different quarterbacks, adapting to different situations. And there's a lot of evidence of that. And the second thing is that they try to establish the Patriots culture while they're losing. And that's hard to do hard to get players to buy in and that's something that Josh McDaniels talked about you know he said he wants to be himself I think he mentioned something about trying to be too much like Bill um, when he was with Denver and he you know this time around he he wants to be more of himself we'll see if he followed follows through and he become a better leader in his second stint as a head coach yeah so I I never really had any doubts about McDaniels uh, when it comes to the offensive side of the ball and you know now that we know that Ziggler is going to be in control of the personnel decisions 
You know, I think that kind of alleviates the, uh, you know, concern about, you know, because he had that power when, when he was with the Broncos. And that was the Jay Cutler trade, Brandon Marshall trade, drafting Tim Tebow in the first round. Those are some of the miscues that, that led to him, you know, get ultimately getting fired there. But I, I think that that piece that, that Ted talked about, about him figuring out the people side of things um, is going to be particularly big with this with this job, because, you know, by the way that Mark Davis was talking towards the end of the press conference, it sounds like he's, he expects these guys to build off of what was already the foundation that was already laid and, you know, seek to improve this team and and, and try to build upon it rather than, you know, resetting and, and bringing in all their new guys. And so, you know, he's going to have to do a little bit of a winning over with the roster. Um, I, I think we've all seen throughout the last few days. You know, a bunch of the guys on social media coming out and making long posts about Richard Sachia. And you know, I know Josh Jacobs had like a, a deleted tweet with an emoji that was kind of reacting to the McDaniels news. And so, you know, he, he can't be that abrasive, you know, kind of arrogant guy that he was in Denver, you know, in order to to win over this roster. And, you know, that part, you know, obviously the, the football is, is most important, but that's going to matter, you know, moving forward. Ted, you mentioned the the part about these coaches go to these losing programs. I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, any any coach that goes to a losing program, it's hard. For the Raiders, I mean, this is a rare situation where you're able to hire a coach to take over a team that went 10-7, and 7, that went to the playoffs. And, I mean, in a lot of regards, while we know the players, you know, publicly at least were vocalizing all that support for Rich Bisaccia, you know, I'm kind of impressed that Mark Davis was able to look at the situation and say, you know, we got to the playoffs. But this wasn't enough. We didn't accomplish enough. We need to do more. We need to be a team that can go deep in the playoffs. And now McDaniels gets to take over a team that obviously has some level of talent. In some eyes, maybe they have a top five quarterback. Uh, but I, I don't know uh, <laughs> how many people are, are going to go quite that far. Uh, and obviously the, the Derek Carr question will be a big one to answer in the coming weeks. But yeah, for McDaniels, he does get a chance to take over a team that, that's got talent. The other piece of that is, you know, not just the talent that's on the roster, but, you know, they, they have a significant amount of cap space already this offseason. They have ways they can create more of it through cuts or trades if need be. They have all their draft picks. Well, not all the draft picks, but all their high round draft picks coming up in April. And so uh, while like there is some entrenched you know talent on the roster, you know, guys like Derek Carr and Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro that you're probably going to want to extend that we're already here. They also have room to, to make the roster in their images as, as, as well. And so it's kind of a rare, you know, opportunity for a coach and GM tandem to walk into. Usually these kind of jobs don't come open, but, you know, this is, of course, a, an unusual situation due to how this, this vacancy opened up in the first place. It does seem like Basachi had a shot, though, because today Mark Davis a few times during the press conference and afterwards mentioned just what a great job he did. He was proud of him and that he had built a culture, as he thought, with his team. So I think the interview was five hours long, he said, and it went well. So I just think that it was the uh, the combination. He found two guys. He wanted a team, a tandem, and he interviewed Z- uh, Ziggler first. It went really well, and he mentioned the possibility of Josh McDaniels being available, and Mark Davis was surprised, really. And again, if I come here, he might come with me. So that was intriguing. So I think the tandem idea uh, kind of beat out uh, Basaccio. Plus, these guys did very well in their interviews and the winning culture that they bring themselves from New England. So I think uh, I do think Basaccio had a shot, and I think the five-hour interview uh, attested that. You know, a couple things that you know should sound good for Raider fans is the fact that McDaniels, you know, he has said no to interviews in this cycle, he has said no to interviews before. He left the Colts at the altar before. So he, you know, he, he had chances to leave New England many times. He specifically chose this time and the, this team to finally leave New England. So it, I think it says something that, you know, he really wants to be in Las Vegas. And two, 
you know, he, he talked about his history with Zig and how um, they've been kind of raised in that New England system, learning the, a certain scouting system. So I think all those things align, and I think those are um, good, strong points to have in a uh, organization. Let's talk a little bit about the process that they went through to hire this coach. Uh, you know, as Mark Davis detailed, the whole organization got thrown for a curveball in October when John Gruden resigned. And at that point, you know, they he had to start putting together a list. Yes, they have GM in place still in Mike Mayock, but we all know Gruden was the personnel guy. And so at that point, Mark Davis knew, OK, I'm going to have to start looking for a head coach. I'm probably going to have to start looking for a GM because that's. Uh, those are likely moves I'm going to have to make. Obviously, they did not take advantage of that end of the season window where they could have started the interviews because Mark justifiably wanted to let the, the, the season play out, wanted to see how the playoffs would go. Uh, then it was about a two-week process and um, 12 total interviews between head coach and GMs. And Vic, you were able to detail this, that along the way, we kept getting questions like, who is on this search committee? Who is you know, part of this process. And, you know, our kind of assumption early on was that it's Mark and Marcel Reese. Marcel did not end up taking part in the coaching search. He was not part of the interviews. It ended up being Davis, Dan Ventrelli, their interim team president, Tom Delaney, and Ken Harrock, who uh, who really was the ringleader of the whole thing. Yeah, surprising to me. I mean, he kind of, he's 80 years old. He's been definitely involved. He was a tight end with the Raiders for a while and in the personal department, learned from Al Davis, went on to the, the Bucks and the Falcons, I want to say. Just a, a long career, but it's kind of out of it. Just been advising Mark on and off over the years. But, uh, you know, Mark told him, hey, man, I need you. I need your expertise. You're, you know how these interviews go. I want you to grill these guys. And, and Herrick was up to it. I talked to him today after the press conference, and uh, he was pretty good. Just, um, it was a very thorough process. Um, McDaniel said he really asked tough questions. So, um, yeah, someone with some, some experience that was able to uh, kind of guide Mark Davis and the other guys through this. And they, those guys would ask questions at the end of the interview. At the end of each interview, they'd, they'd chime in. But mostly Ken ran the whole thing. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm not sure many Raiders fans had him in mind throughout this search process, but – I figure even with that being said, they're probably happier that he was leading interviews than, you know, whether it was, you know, the concern that they had about, you know, if it was just Mark Davis or, you know, Dan Ventrelli, who's more on the, on the business side. So I guess if this doesn't work, they they have somebody else to, to blame for it. But but no, it seems like it was a pretty you know, exhaustive process on all fronts. I mean, five hour interviews. Jesus Christ, I couldn't imagine <laughs> getting getting drilled for five hours. He's 80 years old, man. All He's 80 years old. He doesn't. <laughs> hey man, he's he's a he's a spry dude. He's he's got a lot going on though. He's he was fired up. He wouldn't stop talking to me today. If anybody wants to wonder, like about you know, h- how do you feel about Ken Herrick leading the process? Uh, his answer to Vic asking him uh, how much they factored in McDaniel's failed stint as a Broncos head coach is classic. I'm gonna read it. Quote: The Broncos? We didn't even bring that up. I don't give a fuck about the Broncos. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck about the Broncos. <laughs> The <laughs> <No, it doesn't. laughs> full point there was that, you know, he as a personnel guy was young, was once young, went 0-26 to start his tenure in Tampa Bay. And four years later, they were in the NFC Championship game. If you're one of those Raider fans that is furious that you went to Josh McDaniels, you just remember that punk kid coaching the Broncos that, that a lot of people didn't like. That's where you want to look toward is that he was a 32-year-old guy. When he was hired for that job, you know, 33 when he coached his first game, he's 45 now. He sounds a lot like a lot different guy. And I think we all know that you can change a lot in 12 years. 
he shit the bed, but he shit the Broncos' bed. And now that he shitted the bed, go. he's a better coach. And now he's <laughs> now he's the Raiders' head coach. So it's all all positive things. <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, thanks for the image. That's that's a great. Thank you for the multiple jumping of beds shitting. Like that sounds good at like a at an introductory press conference. The whole don't talk about the, the 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 <laughs> quote uh, about not not giving a fuck about the, the Broncos. All right. uh, like fans should give a fuck about what happened with the Broncos because it is instruct instructive for you know what you could expect for him you know in in the future as a head coach and like you know he said all the right things today um, but like you know when, when it comes to those matters like it's going to come down to action of course and until they see that like i i won't blame fans for being apprehensive you know about this hire until they see that he's not the same guy that was in Denver. and plus i think you know something that that might you know help his argument that that's no longer the case is the personnel decision making power thing because i mean he had that with the broncos and it seemed like a big reason why he took that job and now you know with ziggler even though that's his that's his mans i mean they've, they've been buddies since college they sat next to each other in the college photo so i'm sure they're not like on opposite ends of the planet when it comes to decision making. Uh, but the fact that he isn't the one making the final shots on personnel matters, I think, you know, shows that he's grown at least some in that area. I love Herrick's quote, but I would think in a three to four hour interview, you might ask about the Broncos <laughs> once. Hey man, you were there two years. And I mean, but I guess not. I mean, he really didn't care. So, but um, yeah, I thought, I think these guys definitely have chemistry. They're on the same page as two guys. I think that was key for Mark in the process. He wanted Two guys who definitely have the same vision and could talk to each other, both, you know, praise each other, criticize each other, kind of the same plan. So I think that, um, and again, the winning pedigree. So I think Mark got what he wanted in the search. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know, with Ziggler, you know, Deshaun, you asked him the question about, you know, who's going to have the, the personnel decision-making power. And yeah, I got nervous a little bit because he... He kind of he started off his answer like he was heaven and hot and kind of, you know, collaborative, like he didn't really want to say. And I think a lot of people picked up on this. He seemed like he was very nervous at the press conference. I, you know, I think this is probably the first kind of 
one situation like that that for him so he did seem a little nervous but i, I was happy when he kind of finally uh, as he as he got through answering the question he said like no when when a final decision needs to be made i will be making that decision because i think that was important for clarity to come out here because you've seen that sometimes where you know, these coaches or gms like nobody really wants to come out and declare like no it, it's going to be oh you know they want to tell you it's a symbiotic you know collaborative process but it's important at the end of the day who contractually has that final say um and so it is good to know that Ziggler is is the one it's weird that he was nervous because uh, he mentioned he had some odd jobs along the way he was an actor for three months he's actually was in a, a law and order so um I'm not sure why he was nervous maybe it was too while a while back we're gonna have to go watch that episode yeah, as he said, it's really quick. He said, if you, if you don't watch for him, you'll miss him. But uh, I guess he's in there for a little while. But um, he said, in the end, it was uh, too long a days for too little pay. And so he kind of gave it up after three months. But uh, obviously, football, when you start off, is also long Yeah, I was going to say, he gave up that to get but, into a... But I guess he would have saw a better, a better future ahead than his acting debut. Yeah, I think that was the most important answer of the day, though. I mean, um, you know... A lot of these intro pressers, like it's a lot of flowery stuff and, you know, people stuff people don't care about in a couple of months. But, you know, that's going to stick. And it's a you know pretty hard pivot from, you know, the, the previous setup with John Gruden essentially being the GM and, and calling all the shots and having the, the GM being in more of a support role. And now it's more of a, a collaborative effort. Um, I think part of, you know, maybe the hesitancy to uh, kind of stand on that was it really this is the first time that he could ever say that in his, his career. Um, you know, I mean, he started out in the, in the scouting department with the Broncos kind of similar with with the Patriots bounced around on the pro side and the college side and was assistant personnel uh, director when he started getting his first GM interviews. And then uh, in order to keep him, Bill Belichick gave him this promotion where he was essentially like the GM because they didn't have a GM. So he was the highest ranking executive, but Bill Belichick was making all the the personnel decision-making power. So he he essentially was in the role that Mike Mayock was in last season with the Patriots as they went into that offseason, spending all that free agency money, making the trades that they did in order to, you know, become a playoff team again. And so last year, you know, he, he said that in one of his quotes that, you know, last year is really when he kind of figured out what went into, you know, kind of leading, you know, the, the roster construction and, and, and making transactions and kind of all the process of it. And so this is all still pretty new to him. You know, I mean, he's only 44 years old. And so uh, that, that probably factored into the nervousness because he's, he's really going into a new venture of something that he hasn't done before, which, you know, I think, you know, you may be worried about that a little bit as a fan, but I also think it kind of speaks to the upside that the Raiders believe he has as he as he figures this thing out. Are we sure he was high, a high, higher on the executive chain than Belichick's dog? And Belichick's dog got to make draft picks. I think one reason why he may have hemmed and hawed at the start of that answer was because, you know, McDaniels is his guy. And he's right there next to him, two guys down. <laughs> his wife and kids are there. I guess that I run this shit. I'm not going to say that. I mean, he's got like, yeah, we work together, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, I have final say. Next question. So I think I thought I did a good job. I like I like this answer. Yeah. Plus, that was like the second question. I didn't really give him much time to like settle in. Like, why'd you take this job, Dave? Like, nah, like who's calling the shots, man? Let me know. <laughs> I mean, you didn't butter him up by telling him he's got a top five quarterback. Right, let's talk about the quarterback, because, I mean, that is going to be a big question. And, you know, Josh McDaniels had some nice things to say about him. Ziggler, you know, noncommittal, you know, but was... You spoke about we need to build relationships. We need to get to know him. He needs to get to know, you know, McDaniel's and this offense, and then we'll kind of figure out, you know, the contract stuff. 
you didn't expect anybody to come out and say, yeah, we're, we're looking to lock him up to an extension today, or no, we want to trade him. Although, Vic, you sent out the tweet that had everybody uh, wondering what the hell from Mark Davis saying he wants to trade Carr. Ah, uh, David Carr. Like, he didn't enjoy David. David Carr went on like a media tour last week um, with, uh, I think it was on the Patrick show, and it was on uh, what's the other coward, just about how Derek needs a commitment and needs a, some evidence that they're going to try and win and blah, blah, blah. It was all this nonsense. Um, and so I think obviously Mark saw that, didn't care for it. So I think he had this joke he wanted to use. It was a, it was a good joke. I mean, uh, he well delivered, a little pause between the, the car and the David Carr. But uh, I think the car stuff today, I mean, nothing was said. I mean, people made a big deal about this before this, like a lot of NASA reports, like, oh, they love Derek Carr. It's going to, that's why I took this job. They're going to work with him and him. That's not true. I mean, like I said, it's a work in progress. They got to talk to him. They got to see where they align. They got to see what his trade value is. They got to see what he wants in contract talks. So there's such, so much long, so much more to go in this thing that no one's going to say anything today of any, any substance. I do believe that part of the appeal of this job is working with, you know, Derek Carr. Just, I think he's a really good system fit into what McDaniel wants from a quarterback. So I, I think part of the appeal is working with Derek Carr, but obviously, yeah, I think it's a Patriot way not to be, you know, to just jump in front of things and be super committal when you don't need to be. But I mean, it doesn't mean that they're going to give him like some, you know, $40 million extension or anything. But, you know, I do think that if I were to bet, I would bet that Derek Carr will get an extension. Yeah, that's my feel. I mean, like I said, I'm sure, I mean, like Ziggler at some point was asked about, you know, his feelings about the roster and even, you know, he was kind of honest and he was saying he hadn't really done his full evaluation of the roster yet, which, I mean, he just got the job. That, that would be reasonable that he hasn't done that. And But that's really sort of the starting point of their offseason. I mean, they can't really move forward with how the rest of this roster is being constructed until they make a decision on Carr because, I mean, obviously that changes, you know, everything um, in terms of the direction that they're headed. And so, you know, I, I would think that he would get an extension just because of the alternatives. You know, I kind of wrote about earlier this week. If they get a pick or two, you know, his quarterback class isn't that great. Like, I know he just, you know, you know, McDaniels just, just had Mac Jones looking pretty good and, and leading the team to the playoffs. But even, like, I, I don't know if there's a Mac Jones-tier prospect um, in this draft class. There aren't a, a good of, a ton of free agent quarterbacks. You know, you have to swing United a trade. United Jimmy for, G. Jimmy G. <laughs> Yeah, so like moving on to like the other quarterbacks. Um, yeah, so it's just like the alternatives just don't seem to be there. And then on the flip side, like it just I know Derek Carr is Mr. Raider, but like he's not paying on playing on a nine guaranteed salary and expiring contract. I just do not see that happening. So it's, it's all it feels like it ends in a, in a car extension before we get to next season. I think one thing with this regime is that they're not going to tell you what they think a lot of the times. They're going to dance around answers and they're. You know, like with Gruden, sometimes he'll get emotional and he'll just slip stuff out. I don't think that's going to happen with the, this regime. They're going to be very tight-lipped, you know, about things and dance, give, like, very political answers and that that type of deal. I don't know, man. The Patriot way it might, might be different. Patriot West, like, they were, we had one-on-ones after. It was it was lax. The guys were smiling, shaking hands, talking. Like, what, I was surprised. Like, what this is my, this? Like my, my fifth one, my fifth new coach press conference, and this is definitely the most – access we, I've had with coaches into the gym where we just afterwards, like usually in the past, you know, like on the stage, they answer questions, they're gone. And Mark or even Al Davis back in the day would hang out and talk a little bit, a little scrum around the owner. But this is the first time that both these guys, McDaniels and Ziggler, 
hung around for like what half an hour or something. They were there for a long time, just like totally like shaking hands, asking answering questions, getting quoted off the record stuff. Just like it was definitely surprising based on what you heard about the you know the quote unquote Patriot way and everyone Belichick so tight. They definitely seemed like maybe they're like free and they want to like you know run wild and just uh, love the media up. I don't know, but I was surprised. I enjoyed it, and it turned out to be more work for me because I had to transcribe a bunch of stuff but uh, it was good it was definitely surprising the access today i will say one thing that i think was was good that mark davis said was kind of when he closed that press conference this is not a rebuild this is not a reload i expect us to build from where we're at because you know i think if you go back to when john gruden was hired right everybody saw a team that was one year removed from the playoffs 2017 season got away from them John Gruden was supposed to be the guy that was going to elevate them to the next heights, was going to get them back to the playoff level. And within a couple of months, he had decided that the roster was trash and he was tearing the whole thing down. And and Mark was just there to say, OK, go for it. Do whatever you want. I You're the guy, you know, do whatever you want. I, I think in this situation, it seems like Mark has kind of layered out a clear vision. Like, no, this is not you guys can make some tweaks, get this roster where it needs to be to be a championship contender. But this is not a team that I want to see you know, be completely torn apart and be out of contention for the next couple of years. I think he wants to see this team you know, build on where they were this past year. Yeah, again, I'll play devil's advocate, but what else can he say, though? He can't say, yeah, it's a rebuild. I mean, I mean, I read a fan saying I'm being too salty these last few weeks, but I get it. I think that's what he wants to envision, that they're going to take the next step up. But, I mean, it's a lot to ask for a new regime to come in and build off a 10-win season. With a, you know, again, well, who knows? The defense will be a lot different next year. So I think that's what he said. But I have to imagine in his mind and their talks, they have probably a common vision. Like maybe, you know, we take a small step back before we go. I mean, I just don't because the car stuff is hanging over their heads. So I, I don't know. I, I have to believe it when I see it as far as um, that they really are on board with kind of getting onto the next level from 10 wins. But who, who knows? I mean, I think the car decision will let us know what it is. I mean, because if, if they extend car... You can't extend Carr and then do a rebuild, or like oh yeah, no doubt. Do, no, yeah, if you're gonna do it, yeah, but like if they but if they trade Carr and take a rookie quarterback, hey, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a reset, even though they don't want, don't want to call it that. So I think that's really the the first decision. You know, this offseason is gonna let us know which way it's really going. Yeah, and if Max Crosby gets traded, then we we then know what's gonna happen. Out. Then you can panic. Yeah, um, throw and Max Crosby are out of here. Ooh, and then really the the next item of business um, will be hiring coordinators and you know i think raider fans that are used to past coaching cycles are used to coaches in place and he's kind of got his coordinators lined up yeah this guy this guy this guy the nfl has changed in, in 2020 they you know they extended the rooney rule to where you have to interview at least one external minority candidate so that changes the process here that's why you likely do not see McDaniels already have coordinators in place. He does actually have to go through an interview process this time. It's not the, you know, let me call up this guy. Hey, you know, can I get you? Yeah, okay, boom, bam, boom. There does have to be an interview process. Um, he will have to talk to a few guys before he can make those hires. So, you know, and imagine in the next week or so, uh, you know, probably over the course of this next week, we should see things kind of come together. I know a lot of Raider fans are saying, hey, can we get Jared Mayo and, uh, you know, kind of have that package deal. Maybe he wants to get that promotion to defensive coordinator with the Patriots. They don't have a D coordinator because Belichick runs it. Obviously, that would probably be kind of the, the pipe dream out there, you know, would be the dream scenario would be landing him. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But that would explain the process of why you do not have news yet about why they're about who are going to be the coordinators. 
I'll just add that I think both the guys that he had in Denver, uh, Wink Martindale and Mike McCoy, are both available. So, I mean, you never know what that, I mean, how he finished things up there. But I know Wink Martindale is definitely a guy that Mark Davis likes a lot also. And he was also a former Raider, so he'd be a guy I would look at as possible defensive coordinator. There's a lot of good names as that you know are floating around as defensive coordinators, like Mike Zimmer, Fangio. You know, I don't know if there's any connections with the... Um, with McDaniel's, but I'm just saying, like the the pool for defensive coordinators is very strong this year. So you know, and Bradley's and there's still Bradley's still an option too. Well, Bradley's interviewing with the Colts, right? And um, I know um, as far as Fangio goes, Harbaugh's got an interview with Minnesota, right? And they're tight. And then um, Basaccia is going to interview uh, with Jacksonville, and he and Fangio are tight. So I think Vic's got some uh, other options. But yeah, he's a great defensive coordinator candidate for, for sure. We've gotten this far into the podcast without talking about Harbaugh, which is impressive. And that'll be, I think, one of the things that'll be worth monitoring over the next three, four years or whatever is if Harbaugh is interviewing with the Vikings, he's probably going to get offered the job. I mean, I I think we can say there's probably a pretty damn good chance that he's going to end up as the next Vikings head coach, which, you know, lends to the the belief that, hey, if if an NFL job was out there for him, he was probably going to take it. And if the Raiders had been interested, had brought him in for an interview, had offered him the job. He probably would be the Raiders head coach right now, but that's not what they wanted to do. They they, they went in the McDaniels route. And I, I think that's probably where Raider fans frustration about McDaniels is, is that they kind of saw that Harbaugh was a possibility and maybe that'll prove to be a big mistake three, four years down the road. If, if Harbaugh gets back into the NFL and is, you know, repeating his success that he had with the 49ers, taking the Vikings to a Super Bowl, but who knows? I mean, he's been a successful coach wherever he's gone. So um, there obviously was a possibility. I think if the Raiders had wanted him, they probably could have had him. Yeah, I think the issue, because obviously I think, you know, the, the most common Raiders fans like Dream Duo was was Harbaugh and then Ed Dodds as GM. And I think they interviewed, you know, Dodds. I think one of the conflicts there may have been, I, I, I would imagine that Harbaugh coming back to NFL level, he's only doing that if he's getting personnel power. And Dodd seems like a guy that he's not leaving the Colts unless he's getting personnel power. And so you have a head coach and a GM that both want personnel power. It seems like that's button heads there. Um, whereas when you when you bring in two guys like, I mean, McDaniels and, and Ziggler, who've known each other for, you know, almost as long as I've been alive, maybe longer. Um, you know, that, that's not going to be the issue. And you have it clearly defined. And so it seemed like having that uniformity was, was very important to Mark. Um, he said he asked every GM to name a head coach and every head coach vice versa. And so not to say that like Gruden and, and Mayark had those kind of button head issues or anything like that. But if it's already apparent in the interview process that like, you know, this is going to become an issue at some point, then you might be better off just just avoiding that. And especially also if, you know, we don't know contract details and all that. But I would imagine Harbaugh, you know, coming from making, you know, whatever Michigan may be offering him an extension is probably more than you know, what McDaniels was coming from with the Patriots. So it's probably cost a little bit more too as well to get Harbaugh. Harbaugh got cut, I think, from eight to four. And that's what McDaniels was making, right, as a as a Patriots assistant. So. But I think it's going back to nine this year. I think the talks are talking about he wants nine. So I think he wants to – what he got, what he lost plus more – plus interest. And we don't know, but everyone drew the Dodds-Harbaugh connection because they one were together year, one man. year. Glorious year. One year in the Raiders staff 20 years ago. But we don't know if – I mean, when Mark Davis asked, asked Dodds, who's your coaching guy – we don't know who he said. We don't know who he said Harbaugh. It could have been Todd Bowles. It could have been anybody. So, I mean, uh, again, the Harbaugh thing, I don't think ever. Like, the noise always came from, from Michigan and never from, uh, from Las Vegas. 
you should pay attention to if Harbaugh does land an NFL job with the, either the Vikings or Dolphins. Pay attention to how much power he ends up getting because you know I really don't think that that Davis would want to go back to a Gruden type of power structure. All righty, guys. Well, that'll wrap up our special edition here of State of the Nation. Raiders have their new coach, Josh McDaniels, their new GM, Dave Ziegler, to get ready for the Senior Bowl. Vic, you know, are, are, is uh, is Ziegler going to try to sneak on out there to Mobile, or or is he going to try to settle into the new job? It's a great question. I should have asked him that afterwards. I was talking about Law and Order too much. I didn't ask him about the Senior Bowl. That's my bad. <laughs> Law and That's Order, good. man. That's priorities. <laughs> I mean, the Raiders, they, they have to make, like, obviously a coaching staff decisions, but also personnel decisions. But they're, they are, their plan is to send some personnel guys there Tuesday, from what I've heard. So I don't know if Ziggler is going to be one of them, but they will have, obviously, personnel staffers. And My guess is he stays here. And like you said, has to interview the candidates for the coordinator stuff. I imagine that would be priority one. But I guess you can interview him on the road also. But um, I, don't, I don't know. All right, well, we will be tracking all of that, and uh, as news develops throughout the offseason, we'll be back here, and uh, we'll see how the Raiders get ready for the draft, free agency, all that kind of stuff, uh, see what becomes of the Derek Carr contract, but plenty of stories to track here in the offseason, and uh, we'll be here and ready whenever they happen. All right, later, guys. Adios. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.